It's the tip of the spear in the epic battle to defend the United States of America. The National Security Hour exposes the wolves in sheep's clothing and their nefarious plots to undermine and destroy U.S. national security. This is Colonel Rhett John on the National Security Hour on the on the uh, America Out Loud News Network, and uh, for today's uh, podcast, I have a, just a well, just a, a very special guest, uh, not only a, a a known and esteemed personality and colleague, but a, but a, but a good friend too. Uh, and uh, so I'd like to introduce her. So Cheryl Chumley, uh, who is the online opinion editor for the Washington Times and also the host of the Bold and Blunt podcast for the Washington Times. Ex- both are absolutely excellent. So, so Cheryl, uh, welcome. And uh, just uh, wanted to, why, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself. And uh, Well, thank you so there. much. Yeah, th- it's great to be with you, John. Um, it's nice to uh, chat with you here. We go way back in church and so forth. So it's really good to meet you here on this forum. And uh, just a little of my background. I've been in journalism, maybe going on 30 years now, uh, off and on uh, for a couple of years. But I started out in community journalism and uh, I spent years and years covering board meetings, city council, uh, planning commission and all that boring stuff. But really, it gives you a solid footing in how things work in government. And now I've been at the Washington Times for six, seven years covering everything from, uh, you know, the federal government to United Nations, World Economic Forum and cultural issues, which to me, are the biggest things going on in America right now, the culture. Yeah, that, it's interesting. I you said something that I thought was very interesting right there. You said some of these local things, some of these board meetings and things like that at the you know county council, things like that. Um, I think we've kind of learned that that's actually really important. What do, what do you think about that? <laughs> well, you, you and I both know that, right? <laughs> the school boards alone, this is where it's happening in America. And I'm so happy that the one bright light to come out of the co- coronavirus crazy years was the fact that parents were awoke, uh, awakened to the idea of their kids being taught all these crazy lunatic fringe things in the public school system. And they didn't just take that information and, uh, you know, just just banter about it over the kitchen table, they actually fought back. And we're seeing more and more people getting involved at the local government levels, which, as you know, John, and as I mentioned, I covered it for years. There is so much that goes on on the local levels of government that sees individual liberties that people don't even know about because their eyes are on the national news or what's taking place in Congress. Yeah, that's a real hard lesson. But like you said, a good thing out of the coronavirus. And I spent 35 plus years focused outward and I realized, oh, my country was stolen right behind my back. And uh, now you're uh, um, I think we're in different counties. I'm in Prince William. Yes, I'm down Uh, the road. Okay, so um, 
Prince, I, I don't know about your county, but our county, uh, Prince William, where the where our church is at, uh, we got we got problem. We got a problem yeah. right here in River City. <laughs> yeah, Pr- Prince William. I actually covered Prince William County government for years back when Corey Stewart was uh, chairman, and you know the 287G program was being brought forward in the county, and you know the left, the Democrats, just trucked people in from out of state to protest just these common sense questions the 287g program are you legal or illegal in this country and for those who are illegal it gave police officers the right to detain them and actually contact ice to then ice to uh, start deportation proceedings and look at the local level so much happens that people really need to be aware about if you want to make a difference in your community in all of america just go to a couple of local board meetings and see what happens. Yeah, that is so true. What what happened in Prince William County? I mean, we used to be, uh, like you said, Corey Stewart. Uh, yeah. Was it Marshall? Um, um, we Bob used to be Marshall. Bob yeah. Marshall. What yes. happened? Uh, what happened to Prince William? What do you think? Yeah, it's funny because John Stirrup, um, you know, the board, the the local board there was was pretty uh, conservative. And I know Corey Stewart fielded quite a bit of fire from the left, but I, I have a couple ideas what happened. First and foremost, the, there was a big government explosion under Barack Obama, right? Barack Obama really expanded the government. He wanted to hire people and, and hire people specifically for government jobs. And Prince William County is just sort of situated in that spot in between uh, going out in Booneysville, but living in the city. And it's a nice middle ground for a lot of people to commute to D.C. And so I think a lot of these government workers, a lot of them who vote Democrat consistently, relocated to Prince William County. And then you also have that explosion of illegals crossing the border and Prince William, Manassas, really became a draw for that. I'm sure you've seen the differences in demographics over in Prince William over the last decade. Yeah, I, I'm, we're a diverse country. I, I'm all for diversity. Uh, right, but, but legal. But, but it has to be, <laughs> but, but yeah, immigration is a good thing. When, when families are not hitting 2.1 children per family, when legacy, uh, let's just be totally honest, the, the black and the white populations are not making babies like they they used to, and they're not getting married as much anymore. So, I mean, without I mean, legal legal immigration is a good thing. But yeah, I just I, you know, I go to the uh, I go to the Costco and I look around and I'm going, wow. I mean, I praise God for diversity, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, uh, it's. You know, it's the question of legal versus illegal, right? That's all it has ever been. And Americans, by and large, welcome people from other nations. We just want, as Donald Trump uh, put it, the best and the brightest from other nations, those who want to come here. And here's the thing, John, and assimilate, right? We mm-hmm. don't want people to come here and then degrade and 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 scoff everything that America stands for and bring their socialist ways and then demand that this country turn socialist. And that's what I think has happened over the last decade or so. And it, again, it's just back to legal immigration of those who want to be in in America and those who want to become an American. 
Yeah, yeah. I'm on, and a lot of people came here, even if it's illegal, they came here for because they have a good vision of America. What I what I find interesting, and uh, and we in, in our in, in the church we 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 go to both of us go to uh, as a very diverse population. We we don't play the role of immigration police. We don't. We're 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 about saving souls for Christ. We're not about. Are you here legally or illegally? Um, uh, we feel if the, you're 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 here illegally, you should have, you should have you know, God should tug at your heart and want you to get things right. But um, a lot of what what I what I'm touched by is a lot who have come here, and when we talk to them, they have a better vision of America than the legacy population. And they came here for the right reasons, and because they see have a vision of America and what America is supposed to be. Uh, and many of them are getting a little bit shocked at what they're seeing. <laughs> yeah, I, I've heard a lot about that and uh, and actually read a lot of stories about, especially Cubans, right, who come up through Miami, who come up through Florida, and they are sounding the alarms on the America that they're seeing take place now and saying that it's very much like the countries that they fled, the communists, the the uh, dictatorial countries that they fled. They see many of the same signs happening here, and they are heartbroken because because as you said, John, they grow up with visions of America and dreams of America. And it's the America of the free, right? Of the individual liberties with rights coming from God and government is only there to protect those rights. And they come here and they find out, wow, this government's as big as the one back at home. And <laughs> I think that's kind of this, the, uh, the big alarm bells for the rest of us. Yeah, this is very distressing. Um, so part of our district, uh, uh, and I don't mean this to be uh, political in any way, shape, or form, but part of our district is uh, Virginia 7, a part of our county is Virginia 7. Um, and uh, so what do you think about what's going on uh, here? Because now we have uh, one of the Vindman brothers who said he's uh, he wants to run, and then not totally clear on the other side. So what do you what do you think that's all about? Uh, I'm not as familiar with that as maybe I should be. Uh, I, I do I do know about the Vinman brothers who may be running for that seat. So that that's a little bit interesting, a little bit odd. Um, we'll see what comes of that. But yeah, I can't speak to that with with any authority. I'm sorry. Oh yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's so the 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 twin brothers. One of them uh, retires lieutenant colonel. One of them is a colonel. It's the it's it's not Alex Vindman, the most vocal and out there, but it's his brother who is uh, uh, Eugene, uh, who's uh, uh, still pretty opinionated. So uh, and he's gonna run against Trump. He's not gonna run on the issues. He's gonna run against Trump. And uh, so yeah. Why, well why do they hate Trump so much? I mean, I know the answer to this, but it's, it's it's amazing, isn't it? How how deep the hatred for Trump runs? Yeah, yeah. I I uh, I'm going golly with uh, crime rampant and growing in Prince William. Yes. Uh, we're losing ten thousand a month from fentanyl across America. We see it right on the streets of Prince William. The the the, the fentanyl zombies. Uh, yet he wants to run against Trump. I, I think it would be more important to run on the issues. Yeah, 
Uh, yeah. How about sticking with the issues? Right. It, there are so many to choose from because uh, Biden really has made a mess of America, it seems. Yeah. Yeah. And I just uh, yeah, what what happened to Corey Stewart? Did he just disappear, retire? Uh he ran he he ran for senate right and he okay. didn't win and after that i don't know i haven't heard anything from him um yeah i don't know if he's back in politics or running for anything i i really haven't heard yeah okay yeah cuz you know in the in the 90s and the early 2000s uh prince william seemed to be kind of ground center of uh many uh great conservative movements homeschooling homeschooling was a you know when uh now we're really realizing prince william is one of the counties fighting uh fighting uh the governor um yunkin on basics like uh let's why don't we focus on education instead of transgenderism and guess who's at the forefront there yeah it yeah it, and also you know fairfax used to be pretty conservative too and they're just totally blue now so i, I just hope that prince william doesn't go down that same road i know manassas already has but it would be nice to see prince william return to the red uh and and soon <laughs> yeah yeah i i just can't explain it uh what's going on here but i don't i don't like it uh i don't like it at all but and and what what do you see about virginia overall are are we a, what what do you think are is virginia a growing economy a stagnant economy uh what what do you, what do you think about uh how virginia is doing in all these affairs yeah i don't see virginia as a growing economy anymore i've lived here for Oh, 20 years, maybe almost 20 years. And I I just don't see Virginia as leading the nation like it used to uh, with the growth and 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 so forth. It it seems to me like it's stagnant, stagnating a little bit. And honestly, I think that has a lot to do with down in Richmond. We had some years of Democrats in charge and they seemed a lot more uh you know a lot more interested in raising tax revenues than they did encouraging free market capitalism to uh grow in this state yeah yeah and i and i think you mentioned it earlier it's uh we have big government and many uh many of uh get the nice government jobs uh and things like that and they just uh you know, it's it's a bubble, though, but it's a bubble. It doesn't represent the whole of American society, but I think it right. leads to that stagnation. Um, so, yeah. What what do you think about Attorney General Miara's and how, how he's done on things? What what do you think? I, I like him. I, and he spoke at our church, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I was there there the day that he spoke and um, I liked him then. I think he um, is standing strong for law and order. And I think he actually uh, stands strong on principles. He doesn't waver like so many of those politicians. Um, You know, as much as I followed him, I I do still respect the work that he's doing for Virginia. That's good. Um, I'm not sure if I shared with you, I can't remember if I talked with you because we talked about several things here. Um, But um, the uh, uh, we had a registrar in Prince William, Michelle White, who I used to tangle with. Uh, you know, she's facing felony charges for 2020 election fraud, oh, and and, uh, and it was uh, it was Attorney General Miara's who I was I was asked to come down in early uh, 
22 and I said, uh, you know, what's going on in Prince William? And I said, well, this is, this is what's going on in Prince William that I'm aware of. And, uh, uh, Michelle had resigned, uh, it was early 21. Her and I tangled really hard. I mean, I just, I'm a private <laughs> citizen asking some reasonable questions and man, I have some emails from her. They're just, I mean, I would have, I would have been fired in, uh, fired in five, five seconds if I responded to somebody outside of government like that. And, uh, wow. she, man, she was nasty, but, but, uh, yeah, she's facing felony counts. Um, the trial has been pushed off again, but 2020 election fraud. So, wow. uh, yeah. Uh, what, what, what's the nature of the fraud? Do, do you know the specifics of it? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, she, uh, you know, and I've been an election officer several times. In fact, uh, 22, I was a court appointed election officer to give equivalency to Republican Democrats. I mean, you're supposed to in Virginia be declared as a Republican or Democrat to be a, a, an election officer, the people behind the counter that count the votes. And in 2020, I mean, there's a there's very specific methodology for handling the ballots and, uh, ha you know, handling the different uh, ways the machines are cleared at the end of the evening. And it looks like she had personally reached in and noodled with uh, some of the artifacts. So um, 2020 election fraud. That's not my term. That's J uh, Attorney General Miara's term. That's not my term. Um, oh. So. So she's facing felony. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, that's kind of kind of it for for this segment. Um, so Cheryl, thank you so much. Uh, we're going to come back, uh, everybody. We're uh, this is Colonel Rhett John with Cheryl Chumley on uh, the National Security Hour on America Out Loud News Network, and we'll be right back. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company designed the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. I'm so confused. I don't know what to do. I'm afraid of going to the hospital. My doctor tells me nutrition doesn't work. Trust is earned. We are the Energetic Health Institute, and we want to earn your trust. Natural medicine, holistic nutrition, detoxification, fasting, cellular healing, and so much more. Remember, the best way to be free is to be healthy. So stop being a patient and start being a student at energetichealthinstitute.org. Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep is infuriating. Your mind races, you toss and turn. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created REM sleep to help you quickly fall asleep, stay asleep, and sleep deep. Unlike other supplements that don't work, REM sleep is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients, supporting all four stages of sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code out loud. Hey, welcome back. This is Colonel Rhett John on the National Security Hour with Cheryl Chumley from the uh, Washington Times and Bold and Blunt podcast. And uh, so, Cheryl, thank you so much. Um, and, and I just want to, uh, I should have mentioned it up front, all of my topics and thoughts and comments are just my personal opinion and don't represent any other organization. 
but uh, Cheryl, so we, we talked a lot about, because this is our home turf, Prince William County and the battle uh, uh, at the local county. Let's, let's open the aperture here and uh, let's talk about what, what has happened to American society broader. And, uh, um, you know, after the 2008 election, and for all listeners, this is not in any way being political, just observations. Um, uh, you know, our pastor at the time, Mike Edwards, uh, now Mark Carpenter, uh, both great pastors. And, uh, but Pastor Mike Edwards said, uh, after the 2008 election, you know, essentially don't, don't panic. God's in control. Don't worry. And, uh, and I actually, uh, I don't know if you realize this, I was actually serving at the National Security Council at that time. And I had been at the tail end of, uh, Bush beginning of Obama. I am a sworn professional. I do what I'm told, and I, I try to act apolitical at all times when I'm when I'm in office. And uh, not not you know doesn't matter doesn't matter who the president is. I, I uh, serve the Constitution. So uh, yeah, but what do you, what do you, what's happened in this uh, in this 15 year journey? This this arc over the last 15 years. What do you think? That, that that's a really broad question, and I, I guess I can just sum it up uh, with this with, with this viewpoint. Uh, I think America has turned down a path of secularism and atheism, and the more we turn away from God, not only does that turn us away from our founding principles, because our nation was founded on a quest for religious liberty specifically, but it also violates our core um, premise as a nation that. That of our rights coming from God, our liberties coming from God. So if we turn away from God, we turn away from our DNA. And what happens is, is it opens the door, the void that is left when we turn from God allows government to come in and take control of the picture. And that's what's taking place in America, right? We've turned away from God. It opens the door for government to come in and, and play the God, be the provider to the people. And that just grows government bigger and bigger and bigger. And then it also creates an entitlement nation of younger people who are raised to believe that is the rightful role of government to provide from cradle to grave. And then you combine that with the open borders, right, where people come in from different countries with more socialist slash communist uh, governments in place, and with the dumbing down of youth in schools who are not taught proper civics and, and proper American history. It, it all comes down to this crash course of America just falling on on her face yeah oh, oh interesting interesting i i use the term dumbing down of american youth in front of some youth the other day and uh it was i thought they were mostly conservative uh again being apolitical but um I, I was a little surprised at the response uh they kind of took it personally <laughs> but i think it's a very apropos term Mm -hmm. um um and uh who's the uh i mean you and i growing up we learned the basics um uh, um and who's who's the gentleman i'm thinking of him how is it howard zinn who uh howard zinn who really destroyed the american history uh teaching uh, um Wow, wow, wow. So so uh, I mean is this is this an education issue? Is it uh 
these these groups who just want to tear down. And I, and I like your focus on God. I mean, I, I'm sorry. I don't know how else to put it. If you don't have God in your life, uh, it's it's life is just just void secularism. So. It is. It's interesting to me that you use that term dumbing down and the, the group of kids took offense at it because really when you say dumbing down, you're talking about ignorance, right? And ignorance isn't a measure of IQ. It's not a measure of intelligence. It's just you're ignorant of a fact. You haven't learned it. You haven't been taught it. So it's just a lack of knowledge or awareness in, in areas. And this is what's taking place in the public school systems, that it is a dumbing down. Down. It is a strategic, I think, uh, effort on the part of the left in the public school systems to raise children to be ignorant of America's exceptionalism, America's fine history, and to instead look at the world through the eyes of globalism and how America is just one of any other nation in the world, equal, we're all the same, there are no uh, difference in moral equivalencies and so forth. And and they they become our next generation of leaders. So dumbing down ignorance, it's one and the same, and it's not meant to degrade a person's intelligence. It's just a fact. If you don't know something, you are ignorant of that fact. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Um, I think one thing we always have to point out. You mentioned the term globalism, and I get I get interesting responses. I think it's a very accurate and appropriate term. Um, you know, uh, one thing that always catches my attention is uh, is when people uh, say with pride, oh, this building or this monument is a UN uh, memorial site or you recognized by UN or UNESCO. Uh, and I, I immediately I go, whoa, 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 time out, time out. There are strings that come with those assertions here. So, uh, uh how do we deal with globalism and it's and 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 it's how it's just immersed itself and you know again i i, I try to lovingly correct people that hold on a second here that's not necessarily a good thing to be rec uh, acknowledged as this or that by the un so uh so, so how do we deal with globalism? That That's a great question because that is the big threat that I see, uh, you know, nipping at America's heels right now, that and the loss of God uh, from culture. But if we want to deal with globalism, we have to do things like elect Donald Trump and not get on him when he takes to his Twitter feed to speak harshly of his political opponents, right? We have to look at the actions of politicians and we have to start electing people who understand about America's founding, about American exceptionalism, and who aren't afraid to speak out that they have a biblical worldview. Their worldview is Bible first, Constitution second, and that's how they govern. And we need to have people who aren't afraid to stand strong when they feel the fire that's definitely coming their way for taking those stances. Globalism is the threat that's going to crumble America, ultimately, uh, if we don't start standing strong for sovereignty, because we are different from every other nation in the world. And that's something that we should elevate. That's why everybody wants to come here. We don't have people rushing the borders to leave America. It's quite the opposite. And the reason for that is because America is different from every other nation and globalism will erase that. Yeah, I, I absolutely. I, I, uh, 
you must be vigilant at all times. And I like the term exceptionalism. We've seen in this, in this segment, we're already identifying some keywords and themes that should be used, not be shied away from. But I like this term, American exceptionalism. And I mean, in the uh, you know, in the, in the in the workplace or the workplaces I used to be, you know, sometimes people would take umbrage with that. But I, <laughs> I think exceptionalism is a great. I love it. I love it. And why why wouldn't you want to be part of a country? You know, that's exceptional. That that's that's very American, and it used to be just embraced, and now it's almost uh, a, a badge of shame in order, you know, to say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was this was this going on before? Was was it all just Barack Obama's fault, or was this were things already going this direction before two thousand and eight? Well, I think since the founding of this nation, there have been disputes at the political level about, you know, federalists uh, and and so forth, whether we want a strong federal government or stronger states' rights and so forth. And so there's always been that tug of war, that sort of tension between those who think that the big government knows best and those who think that the individuals know best and they ought to be left alone. But what poisoned that sort of tension, which was healthy, right? You, you know, it's not the argument, it's how you engage in the argument that matters. What really poisoned that well was when we had politicians who hated America. And when I look at Barack Obama, I don't see a man, I don't see a president who loves and cherishes America. I see a man and a president who came into the White House promising to change the foundations of America, which is sort of like saying America is not good the way America is, and we need to completely change America. And so when you have Democrats who don't love what America stands for, or Republicans who don't cherish what Americans stand for, that's when that well starts to be poisoned a little bit. And I would say that things really started heating up under Barack Obama, though there have been points in history, like the progressive era, where we have seen other big government explosions as well well did the republican party i can't remember who or what the pivot time was i mean under ronald reagan it was clear that god was at the forefront you know no question about that with bush senior i'm not so sure about that i don't quite remember that as strongly but did was it did Republicans kind of walk away from 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 God as a as a uh, you know as a policy for the for the party? I mean, was it did they kind of? I, I, my memory was they kind of gave up and walked away from that in the nineties. I got to say, I agree with you, John. And here's why. First off, the Bushes were New World Order and One World Order, right? So they mm -hmm. basically announced their penchant for globalism at, uh, you know, openly. But as far as Republicans walking away from God, I got to say, one of the moments in American history that I really felt my heart thud and thought that this is the moment where God turns from America was the Supreme Court decision, Obergefell versus Hodges 
marriages, right? That was the one that ushered in same-sex marriage, uh, which I hate that term because gays can't marry, right? Marriage is defined by God. And so when you say, you know, homosexuals marrying, it's not a thing. But for the sake of, you know, just clarity, because that's the accepted term, that was the Supreme Court decision that ushered in gay marriage, right, across the nation. And I thought, we've just ceded as Republicans, too, because Republicans gave up the ghost on that. They gave up fighting uh, mm. against so-called gay marriage. They decided, you know what, we're going to let this one go and we're going to give it the win to the left and we're going to move on and stay away from the culture. That was the moment I thought where God was really going to turn America over to the consequences for the actions we brought on ourselves. Yeah, amen. Um, I remember being inside a government at that time uh, as we transitioned on several of these policies, uh, the utter craven I just I can't characterize it anything else than a lie because initially it was, don't worry, we're going to follow the Defense of Marriage Act, which was a U.S. law. Don't worry that we are going to follow that. But it was clear after a period of time they were just slowly disregarding law anyway. Was it the uh, uh, who was uh, Obama's uh, AG? Um, um, Eric Holder. Yeah, Eric Holder, you know, who uh, they they used the term uh, selective enforcement of laws. And I, I go, I, I don't I don't think that's applies here. Uh, uh, selective enforcement says you only have so many resources to enforce so many laws. and You have to apportion it properly. OK, I got it. You can't you don't have a, a resource to enforce 100 percent of all laws at all times. OK, got it. But that's not the same as we're just going to ignore law, and, yeah. and and that I felt very offended. I felt felt very lied to about that. And it's like, hold on a second, here. we actually have a law. I'm, a, I'm I'm I follow the laws. We actually have a law called the Defense of Marriage Act. And they said, you know, uh, obviously at first they go, we're going to follow the law. Okay, great, great. I follow the laws too. But then <laughs> it was clear that they just ignored it. And then we had a law in the books that nobody was enforcing, and not even the Republicans. So it's like, hold on a second here. I ah, oh and man. and you know what? It, it goes even worse than that, right? Because in addition to um, the law on the books, we had different states take up referendums uh, to to ask the citizens, right? Because states' rights, this is how it's supposed to go. Do you want gay marriage in the state? And even California voters said no. And that's when it ended up going to the Supreme Court. And it was shoved in nationwide, regardless of what voters said. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, a related topic that really, uh, uh, and it's and it talks to kind of the incongruence possibly between state and federal law is uh and right back to local we're we're facing this right here in prince william um, county and the adjacent adjacent counties is uh cannabis and gambling uh, and i guess i just i don't know i just haven't been paying attention here um and cannabis what drives me nuts about cannabis is it's a high cash operation because of federal law you can't bank that money 
criminal activities, nefarious, despicable minds always gravitate toward high cash operations. And, and, uh, and I think this is destructive to society. And then also gambling. I just, I, gambling makes no sense to me at all. And, and I, and this, this silliness. And now we have, and dumb fries, Virginia, we have a casino. Yes. <laughs> Wonderful. I saw that. I saw, yeah. I, I saw that the new casino going in um, up the road from where I live. And it, you know, you're, you're right. It, it's drug them up and then, you know, send them into some sort of gambling establishment where they can lose their money and then turn around and depend on government even more to give them some sort of stimulus or bailout or whatever. It really is the destruction of the culture and the moral decay in this country. And of course, that leads to the political corruption. Yeah, yeah. I was I was at the state capitol. Uh, this is when Attorney General Miyars had me call, come down and uh, a couple of others and talk about uh, election matters. And uh, they said, when I walked in, they said, oh, are you here for the cannabis meeting? I go, what, what do you mean? What, what, what's a cannabis meeting? What are we talking about? And I go, Oh, where they're talking about a apportionment and receipt of funds. And I go, you got to be, is cannabis legal in Virginia? What? And I I just, oh, it makes me want to puke. Have you seen, uh, have you seen, uh, um, not exactly a a godly movie, but it's a very interesting, it's a T, Sylvester Stallone in Tulsa. Have you seen any of those episodes? No. Oh, 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 it's fascinating. Um, because he he gets out of prison after many years and he's sent by his organized crime family in New York to Tulsa and he stumbles in on in, at, at least at the time cannabis was was legal in in Oklahoma I think they they're, they're revisiting that but he he like in about 90 seconds realizes hold it legal high cash can't put it in the in the banking system what's there not to like about this this is like wow. He immediately starts, you know, uh, setting up an accounting operation to skim funds and just, you know, <laughs> this is this is the lie. Well, it's legal. Uh, uh, it, well, you remember John Boehner, right? Uh, the House Speaker. Uh, right? He left to go do his own marijuana business. And what is it? Where was he from? Oklahoma? Or I, I forget what state he was from. But yeah, that's what John Boehner <laughs> left Congress to go do. So uh, this is the example, right? Oh, yeah. Crying John Boehner became yeah, yeah. <laughs> to- toking John Boehner. And oh, that guy just 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 turns my stomach. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, all right, Cheryl. Thank you so much. And just a, a wonderful segment here. So everyone, we're uh, this is Colonel Rhett John. Uh it's my wonderful, wonderful guest, Cheryl Chumley, uh, uh, uh of the Washington Times and the Bold and Blunt podcast from the Washington Times. And we'll be right back. Thank you very much. of independent media, we are now AmericaOutloud.news. For the genius of the United States is not found in its executives or legislatures, nor its ambassadors, authors, colleges, or churches, nor even in its newspapers or inventors. The genius of the United States is we the people. AmericaOutloud.news. Liberty and justice for all.
the Natural Colon Cleanse. It's the ultimate digestive tune-up with Oxy Powder. It's crafted to alleviate the discomfort of gas, bloating, and occasional constipation. There's a reason why Oxy Powder is our number one seller. It works. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get 15% off using the code OUTLOUD. Global healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. Cofix RX Nasal Solution has completed the circle and is now offering throat spray with povidone iodine. That completes the protocol doctors like Peter McCullough recommend. If staying healthy is important, you'll want to make sure to add throat spray to your next order of Cofix RX. For a limited time and exclusive for America Out Loud listeners only, you can save 25% off your entire order. Let's double down against colds, flus, strep, RSV, HRV, COVID, and more. Click the banner or go to America Out Loud shop to get 25% off your entire order. Use coupon code OUTLOUD25. That's coupon code OUTLOUD25. This is Colonel John, National Security Hour, with my good friend Cheryl Chumley. So we've had some uh, two great segments here. So Cheryl, uh, we've driven God out of society. Society's collapsing. China's on the march. What do we do? Yeah, it looks bleak, right? I mean, wherever you turn. And and then you've got um, Joe Biden stumbling about the stages and, you know, mumbling and forgetting people's names, calling out dead people. And so really, the answer is going to come from the White House, right? And even if we were to elect Donald Trump, who, who my favor for president or some other strong conservative, it, it doesn't matter because the solution isn't politics. And the solution in this country has to come from God, right? We as a society have turned from God. That's why we're facing the problems we're facing now, which are really uh, everywhere you look, there's a battle to fight. And so it looks uh, exhausting. It looks frustrating. And it looks like we can't win. Well, this is when God shines the brightest and when his glory manifests, right? So if you want the solution, it's it sounds trite to some, but it's to turn back to God first and to recapture what made America great in the first place. It was the quest for religious freedom, the quest to worship as you see fit. And in this nation, you can't escape the fact that God was at the beginning. And if we want a great nation again, we have to put him at the forefront once again. A couple of things here. How do we handle, we were just, you know, we, we were a, a Christian country, uh, as our pastor has said, you know, it's, we don't live in a post-Christian society. We live in a post-post-Christian society. Uh, some shrinking numbers going to uh, 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 Christian church. Well, how do we handle the topic of religious diversity? Because I think uh, you and I are Christians, save believers in an eval- evangelical, independent, fundamental Baptist church. There, I said it. Uh, so uh, um, <laughs> how do we handle this diversity thing? But at the same time, we can be that and still be respectful of other other uh, other religions. Uh, uh, of course, uh, uh, Judaism, uh, the Jewish faith, uh, Islam. How do, how do we handle you know, with 
there, there is there is diversity, and I think I think the Constitution recognized that. Uh, so how do we handle the diversity question? Well, well, tolerance doesn't mean living a lie, right? And so the the God that founding fathers referenced in their writings, uh, in their in their religious worship, some were more religious, some were more faithful than others. But the God that they referenced was not, you know, Allah. It, it was not the God of trees or environmentalism. It was the God of the Bible, right? It was Judeo Christian. Uh, worldviews that drove them in their in their politics, in their belief, and in the way they lived their lives. And so, in America, you can't escape the fact that Judeo-Christian principles founded this country, and that's what we're based on, and that's how we rose to exceptionalism. So we can tolerate other religions so long as those religions don't. Uh, boot out the Constitution and the rights that we as individuals get from our Creator and from the Constitution. So it it it's a diplomatic dance sometimes, but the farther away we turn from God down this secular path, the more it opens it up to make it more chaotic and confusing. So a question like you asked, John, how do we how do we do this? How do we you know uh, deal with tolerance and so forth? What used to be inherent and just natural. Now, everybody has a different opinion about it, but it really is simple. You go back to the founding of this nation, the God who founded this nation and brought us to greatness, and that's the God that is the one that could bring America back to greatness. Any other God out there, people are free to worship whomever they want, but they can't turn an entire nation and say historically, truthfully, that their God is the one this nation was built upon. Yeah, yeah amen. And let's not forget, uh, you know, the religion of, uh, what is it, Norse, Saxon, uh, Vikings, and things like that, that we're, <laughs> yes. we're having, to, having to put up with. I see this in the military, as I thank God I'm retired from that. I'm, or the so satanic temple, or yes, the, there's a yeah. lot out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What is it? Uh, there was one town, I think it was Wisconsin, where uh, they had a in the t in the town square or something, and uh, uh, you know the satanic group put a hail hail Santa up. Yes. Uh, yeah, this is uh, this is just ridiculous. Uh, what one thing I've noticed with I. I'm sorry. I know people are going to say, "Oh, you're being exclusive. You're not. You're not being inclusive." I, I, I sorry. I disagree. But what I've seen in elections, uh, you know, having overseen uh, uh, several overseas elections uh, in 2006 in in Iraq, the challenge with when you have a a group. And I apologize. I'm I'm sorry. I'm not being exclusive. That's Judeo-Christian. They understand the concept of an election and still being respectful of others after an election. Now we could argue that we're seeing less of that, but uh, you know, like in 2006 in Iraq, it was like, okay, we're going to let you have an election. And what happened? Extremists in the Shia community won, and. Iraq's been an absolute mess ever since. Okay. You know, uh, uh, okay. Saddam messed it up. Okay. Yeah. We did come in, uh, but we got rid of Saddam, but then they voted in and it's been, it's been a Shia extremist state ever since. Uh, so this is the challenge of having 
Judeo-Christian values respect the concept of having a a constitutional republic. And the other, other, uh, I'm sorry, just the, uh, there's other religions that just don't recognize that. But, you know, we, we, we have a couple of Islamic mosques just down the street on Hoadley Road. Um, um, you know, I want to be respectful and nice. And we have some, uh, we've been to debates there and there. We actually have a number of, number of Republicans in the, in the county GOP that are Islamic. Uh, you know, I want to be respectful and inclusive. But but I, I think that it's challenging because uh, I think you've hit it on the head here that uh, we were funded, fa- founded by uh, uh, Judeo-Christian values. And, and those those values, it's really hard to create a, a document called the Constitution from another starting point other than Judeo-Christian values. You, you can't do it because if you look at Christianity, right, let's just take that faith, that God uh, looks at men and women e- as equals, right? And so right away, that is a conflict of Islam, right? And, and so you you can't have other religions and blend them all together and still come up with the same constitution. You you can't have individual rights for every individual or individual liberties for each and every individual based on a religion that's not Judeo-Christian in compass. It, it just doesn't work. And, you know, I've looked at some of the other religions and some of them uh, just cause chaos, right? Which just opens the door for government to come in. And some of them just, they, they are, are, violent against anybody who believes differently. And so that right there uh, violates the terms of equality that we have in America as guaranteed by the Constitution as well. Yeah, I used to uh, uh, be the desk officer managing uh, the Gulf states uh, uh, in the joint staff, the Pentagon. uh, And so we'd have these regular meetings with all the uh, Arab states, but also uh, the way we divided up the world, Israel was in on that. So you'd have these closed door meetings with a number of Arab Islamic states and and Israel. And guess what? They actually got along very well. And guess what? Their number one enemy and concern was Iran, Iran. You know, and they actually got along very well. But it was funny. I had a lot of honest conversations with a lot of these uh, at defense attaches from these other countries. I'm not going to name any countries, but you know, uh, far more than one occasion, I would be talked to frankly, and they would say, "Look, we have to keep a totalitarian society because if we don't, the first people who are going to get their heads cut off are us because we can't let the crazy." We can't let the crazies on the street take over. And they're talking about, yeah, and it's an Islamic country with right. Islamic leaders. What they're talking about is, is the street, you know, the angry Islamic street. And I thought that was very interesting acknowledgement is, hold it, you're Islamic, but you got to keep an iron boot on all the other Islamists, because the first thing you're going to do is cut everybody's head off. That's kind of interesting. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a little bit enlightening. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't remember Christians. I mean, I know, uh, I know the secularists could come up with every possible grievance in the world and make up most of them, but uh, I don't remember Christians uh, in the modern times having to keep an iron boot on everybody because they knew they were the first ones to get their heads cut off. I. Don't think that's yeah. been true since 
maybe 700 years. Yeah, you. I mean, you yourself just said there are a couple of mosques down the road from our church, right? So in, in another country, it wouldn't have, it, it wouldn't be allowed that Heritage Baptist Church would be located uh, down the road from a couple of mosques. So that tells you right there, America tolerates different religions. We just shouldn't give up our history uh, in the name of tolerance. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, so what about China? We haven't really talked China, and I think to talk about these topics, we have to bring up China. What do you think China's role in instability inside the United States is? I think they, from speaking from China's perspective, they've seen great successes in recent years in terms of expanding their economic footprint around the world, right? Becoming a go-to source for financing and so forth, where America used to, to be the leader. But more than that, they've expanded their footprint culturally in America. If you look at what's taken place on some of the colleges, some of those Confucius institutions, I know Know most of them have been booted, but damage done, right? There are a lot of young people in college and also in the high school uh, ages now being trained to look at China as sort of a role model and the the Chinese capitalism system, which I don't even know how they come up with that you, because you can't combine communism as an economy and a free market as an economy and call it capitalism. They're, they're opposed. But the, the, the model that China puts forth as its capitalistic system is being embraced by younger Americans right now as well. And that tells me in the school system, they're being brainwashed that America is not so great or free. And our free market is discriminatory, even racist. And we need to look at more a country like communist China as the solution for our economy going forward. And talk about a godless society. If we really want to put the final nail on the coffin in America, we just have to go and copycat what China's doing in terms of its faith and its religion. Yeah, it's uh, and the dangers of social credit scores um, yes. and TikTok, you know, so if TikTok is so great, why don't they allow TikTok? Because TikTok, uh, uh, there is an equivalent inside of China, but guess what? You are time limited and your social credit score goes down. But uh, the tick, I mean, I'm uh, I, I'm going to make a big revelation. I, I'm a big Pinterest guy and uh, I, I'm just, I try to block them, but I get lots of these crazy TikTok videos and it's just, it's a, it's, it's this Maoist bizarre psychology, which is very different than the Soviet angle on, on totalitarianism. Uh, but yeah. And uh, um just TikTok is just, it's it really, it, it's going to drive people crazy. And that's the whole idea. It's intended to drive people crazy. So uh, should we ban TikTok at the digital fentanyl? What do you, what do you think about that? I mean, I, you know, I, I don't have um, a problem banning TikTok in the name of national security. I think we would be better served. What you just said that China is very different from Russia in terms of how they spread their uh, communist cancer, right? Russia is a little bit more aggressive, a little bit more in your face. You see it coming. China, it, 
they take such a long game, right? They play a uh, hundred years. They they look ahead and they look at how that they they can slowly, like a frog in a boiling pot of water, right? Uh, cripple America, so we don't even realize that we're being crippled until we're defeated. And then at that point, we just welcome the defeat. It, it's just, it's a very perilous path that China brings us. It reminds me of an Orwellian novel, right? 1984, uh, where at the end of the book, the main character w- was happy, even though he wasn't free any longer, right? He was happy in his enslavement. And it just mirrors what Klaus Schwab at, you know, the World Economic Forum says, you will own nothing, but be happy. It it just seems like that's the move that China is making, and they have been making for decades now, with great success, sadly. Yeah, that's Alex Newman always does a Klaus, great Klaus Schwab. Uh, <laughs> yeah, irreversible. We must do irreversible change. And, uh, oh, this this is the ultimate evil, Doctor <laughs> Evil. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he is. Yeah. He is. Uh, uh, and I'm talking yeah. about Klaus Schwab. I mean, Alex Newman's yeah. pretty good imitator of, of Klaus Schwab, but it's oh my gosh. I mean, he is just uh, Klaus Schwab is just bat guano crazy. Um, yeah. It reminds me, I was. Uh, at an event in Singapore on my professional duties, and we were watching uh, the speaker was from China, and I'd never, I just, she was just haranguing the audience, haranguing with, a, it was just the classic Maoist with the right fist, haranguing. And I turned to my colleague, and uh, my colleague worked at a, a, a government agency located in Langley, Virginia. And I said, what is his prop? What was that? What was, what was that all about? What was, that was the most bizarre thing. I mean, it looked like a Saturday Night Live skit. And she said, uh, uh, well, she wasn't talking to us. She was talking to, to Beijing and trying to up her, her social credit score inside the inside the party. And I said, oh, wow. that makes perfect sense. Wow. Makes perfect sense. Um, so, uh, yeah, Cheryl, so uh, this has been some wonderful segments. How to, and, uh, tell us, how do we how do we get more of Cheryl Chumbling here? Where, where do we go? What are your coordinates? Well, of course, you can go to WashingtonTimes.com. You can sign up for my newsletter there, um, get my commentaries and my Bold and Blunt podcast. I have a Substack, Cheryl Chumley, or I have a webpage with all my books on it, CherylChumley.com. Thanks. Oh, that, no, thank you. Thank you, Cheryl. It's just been awesome spending some time with you and talking with you. And uh See you on Wednesday night at 7 p.m. and <laughs> Sunday morning at church, 10 yeah. and uh, 6 p.m. So, uh, yeah. Thank you, John. God Thank bless you. you, Cheryl. Thank you for being such a great uh, friend and colleague. Uh, you take care. All right. God bless. Thank you, too. And everybody, this is Colonel Rat John, and uh, my wonderful guest has been Cheryl Chumley. Uh, this has been the National Security Hour on America Out Loud News Network.